Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. It sucks to have a heart. Today is a very special episode because if you're watching us on screen on our YouTube channel, you will see that I have a beautiful guest. I have the one and only Shabnam Rakim. How Hi. are you, Shabby? <laughs> I'm very good, and I'm super excited to be here with you on this podcast. And I love the name. It sucks to have a heart. It, it's I, I, I got a lot of um, I got a lot of uh, criticism about the name, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> we have known each other since what, October of last year? Since we yeah. met on the show. October last year. Yes, exactly. I was super <laughs> on intimidated. That show. <laughs> on that show, yeah, yeah. I was super intimidated and super scared. And you were maybe the first person to like be super nice to me and super kind to me. So I think I think that's why we like almost immediately became friends. Yes, we attracted each other because I was like, I feel like I was feeling the same. And when I saw you, remember I told you, you look like a copy paste of my best friend from Bahrain. Yeah. So that yeah. like literally drawn my, me to you. I was like, oh, my bestie's here. You're, you're like a, a reincarnation of my best friend and is here. And your energy was amazing. You were so supportive. Aww. You were so supportive. I remember like uh, when we had the, the competitions and stuff, I remember you would come to me all the time and be like, Shabby, so what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Do you need any help? And I was like, this, this guy, I mean, everyone's just super stressed thinking, oh, what am I creating? What am I doing? Thinking for themselves. And he's like so chill and he comes to me and he's like, Shabby, do you need any help? Are you ready? I was like, he's just the sweetest person I've ever Aww. met in my life. <laughs> Aw, thank you. So yeah. Shabby, I know about you and I've had the pleasure of being your friend for a while, for close to a year now. We're approaching a year. But for the people who maybe don't know, can you give us a quick backstory about who Shabby is? <sighs> I feel like this is the hardest question of my life because I don't really know who I am sometimes. I'm like a chameleon, you know? I keep changing with the seasons, phases. So I'm always a different person. If you asked me this question last year, mm. I would be a different person. The answer would be different. But today, I think um, with all the new stuff that is happening in my life, I would say I'm a model. Okay. First of all, I'll start. I'm shabby. I'm Afghani Persian. I was born and raised in Uzbekistan, then lived half of my life in the Gulf and the Middle East. And uh, here I started modeling, content creating. Um, I work with Sephora. I'm their ambassador, like you are. And um, now I'm also a TikToker, a storyteller, and I I'm see. getting into psychology. <laughs> I want to ask you about By that. By the end of I this saw... year, I'm going to get a certificate. Yeah. A certificate we need we need to talk about that we need to yeah. talk about that i'm gonna be a life coach so shabna you just said <laughs> that you are a fashion model i mean you are obviously a very beautiful person but you're also beautiful on the inside so i actually have two questions that i really want to rack you. your brain around so when did you i guess the first question is when did you start modeling or how did you get into that world that's my first question and i guess sort of like a follow-up is do you feel yourself being underestimated a lot because of maybe your looks or your profession or just in the industry? Uh, okay, so, well, I started modeling uh, in Kazakhstan. I moved to Kazakhstan mm -hmm. and one of my classmates, she was like, you have to start modeling. I know this agency is the best in town. So basically she showed my picture to the owner of the agency and then they called me in for a casting. And that was very embarrassing because my mom came with me to the casting. 
and uh-huh. I was already 18. Yes, I was all the girls, the models, everyone was just so independent and like grown up girls. And I was the only one with my mom. Back then, at that time, I was grade 11 in school. So um, my parents didn't really want me to work. So it was really, really hard for me to convince them to take me to that casting. It was just like, I'm going to take you to casting, but doesn't mean that you can start modeling, okay? And my my parents were also kind of strict because of the culture, our mentality. So modeling was like never an option for me. Like my parents, I thought that that's time they would never accept it. So I just started modeling there. In the beginning, it was secretly. After that casting, they picked me for one of the biggest fashion shows in, in, in that city at that time. Okay. I did the fashion show. My mom came to watch how the process is. And she like realized like really actually nothing bad about it. She's not wearing revealing clothes. There are not many guys on set or whatever. So she was like, okay, you can do modeling. But sometimes I would just, you know, like pretend like I'm going to school and instead of that, go to the shoot or something. And you'd go to a photo, you'd skip school <laughs> yes, to go to that. a photo shoot? <laughs> yes, because oh that was God. the only time when my parents wouldn't know where I am. They would think, oh, she's at school. And I really wanted to do the photo shoot. So I would just <laughs> pretend like I'm going to school and actually go to the photo shoot. Imagine. And it was not even for the money or anything. I was generally just enjoying being of on course. set. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. That is so yeah. That is so shabby. Yeah. <laughs> so then I stopped modeling. I moved to China for my uni. And while I was in China for my uni, I was never actually taking modeling like really serious. It was just something that I enjoyed for fun. But I was always thinking like, I need to have a proper job. I need to have a proper profession. I have to be into business because my parents, my dad always wanted to meet to to like follow his steps, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I was more focused on business. At that time, I had um, my small online shop where I was like selling clothes and like bags and accessories from China, from Vietnam and selling that in Kazakhstan. So I was more focused on that and I would do modeling sometimes, like part-time. So then, um, that's a very, very long story, but somehow I ended up in Bahrain. I moved to Bahrain. I was visiting a friend actually for just two weeks. And while I was there, I was like, let me just do some photo shoots for fun while my friend is busy, you know, like get some nice pictures for my Instagram. I just opened my Instagram at that time. It was like 2016 or 2017. Okay. So I was just looking for photographers to collaborate with. So I messaged some photographers on Instagram. I literally like went on Instagram and started searching like Bahrain photographer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I found Muhammad Vivid and he is one of the most like the, the famous uh, photographers here in the Gulf. So I messaged him. I couldn't believe that this person is real. He asked me to send him this video, which was very funny because he wanted to see if I'm not a fake person. So the video was basically, hi, Muhammad. My accent was so bad back then. So I was like, hi, Muhammad Vivid. Hi, Muhammad. I'm Shabi. I'm okay. model. I'm here in Bahrain. <laughs> Okay, okay. Because yeah, he... so then we did one shoot and I thought it was just a shoot for fun. So he booked me a shoot with a makeup artist. He was like, okay, this is a makeup artist. You're going to go to her. She's going to do your makeup and then you come to the studio and we'll do the photo shoot. So I okay. agreed. And then the makeup artist started asking me like, oh, how much do I pay you? I was like, pay me? Pay me. Wow, that's interesting. I was like, that's interesting. That's very unexpected. Okay. And... Uh, I was like, but I don't really know how much to charge you, like how much people charge here and stuff. I was like, you tell me what's the comfortable price for you. And she gave me the price. 
and comparing to like the the Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan money, it was like, it was big money, to be honest. And I was like, wow, <laughs> she's willing to pay me this much exactly. for just doing my makeup and taking some pictures. I was like, okay, this sounds fun. And then the same guy, Mohamed Vivit, he booked me for the whole two weeks. I would have like two, three, four, five shoots sometimes. And then I realized the price that she gave me was like, not even like it was nothing okay so it was like the lowest lowest i was also happy with that so then i increased my prices too and i was okay okay fully booked for two weeks people would text me on instagram be like sorry i'm traveling i'm going back home and they'll be like please no you have to stay and and i was really enjoying the job i loved bahrain and i became friends with those people that i was working with i didn't feel like i'm going to work it felt like more of like oh i'm just hanging out with my friends creating cool. doing fun stuff and i'm also getting paid for that so i traveled back home it took me only two weeks and then I was like no I'm going back to Bahrain I loved it so much I made so much amazing friends there I was like this is my place I have to be there so this is how I moved to Bahrain and I started modeling full-time but back then I was doing more of beauty photo shoots beauty modeling so it was okay. like makeup hairstyles maybe bridles and stuff the past few years like four or five years I'm more into fashion Fashion okay. Modeling. Okay. Okay. And I remember you told me that um you had a very at mm -hmm. some point you had a very busy life in Bahrain. Like you found yourself in a new country that you never expected to live in. And not only are you living there, but it's a whole new life. It's a whole new career. And like every day, you don't have time for yourself because it's just like work after work after work. So that must have that must have felt amazing. I felt amazing, but at some point, I started getting anxieties and panic attacks and stuff because. You know, like modeling is, people think it's very easy, but it's actually a lot of physical work. And then it's a lot of, you need a lot of confidence because sometimes when you see your picture and you feel like, oh, I don't look, I don't look like myself on this picture, or I wish I looked better on this picture or like, oh, what's, what's happening with my nose? Why is my nose so big? Where, why are my, I think my lips should be bigger. So it was a lot of that. And then. Also, I reached a point where like my pictures were literally every two, three meters on the highway and all the highways in Bahrain. So my picture was literally everywhere. So and Bahrain is very small. Yeah. So everywhere I would go, people would know me like people will look at me. I would feel like they are looking at me and they're saying something. They're talking about me. So I constantly felt like I was being watched and I was being judged. Maybe that was not the case, but it was my insecurities. Course, so course. I always was like very hard on myself. I was trying to perfect myself. I was trying to be the best in everything. I was like, even if I go to like a coffee shop to have coffee, I would, you know, like pick uh, the, like the table in the corner and make sure all my friends sit, sit in front of me. So I'm hidden. Like I wouldn't yeah. even tell my friends yeah. that this is the case. This is what I'm doing this. I would like wear hoodies and stuff because I was just like, I like, I don't have the energy to be perfect right now. Yes, yes, yes. And I was like so insecure. And this started giving me anxieties, panic attacks. Oh. And plus the thing that um, How I was like you? always ranked as like the top model of Bahrain. Now? That, were you then when, when this started happening in like Bahrain? Uh, I moved to Bahrain when I was 22. I think the peak of my like 
all this, what I'm telling you now, like the anxieties and panic attacks, it was like 23, 24. Oh, that's so young. Yeah. So that was like 23, 24. And like my panic attacks were so bad. I literally had to take those, you know, the, the meds, the antidepressants. Yeah. Antidepressants. Yeah. I had it for, yeah, I had it for one day and I couldn't, it just like, uh, it's so scary. Like you can't even leave your bed. I had to yeah. crawl to the bathroom to, to shower, oh my God. you know, to like, yeah, I was like literally like that. And my friends oh. like were there for me and I'm so grateful that I had them. They helped me a lot. And then one of my friends convinced me to start yoga and meditation. Okay. Okay. And this is how everything got fixed basically that, but my amazing. insecurities like i'm telling you right you said like do you think it's easy to be a model in this industry no it's actually not if you're um if you're not working on yourself on your confidence it can really take you it can take you to like either the wrong faces or it can just it can be harmful it can be hard I can only imagine. I even reached the point at some at some point in my life I was thinking that oh my god I need to get botox I need to get fillers I need to get a nose job or something because mm -hmm. also this photoshop thing or the makeup you know like when they put makeup sometimes like certain makeup change the way you look and then you see the picture and you don't really look like yourself after the photoshop after all of this makeup and you start building even more insecurities. Like, why do I look like this on the picture? Am I not photogenic enough? Or like, what's going on? Is this like really how I look like? And then you, it's hard for you to separate like the actual image of yourself yes. from, from this yes. picture. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. if the makeup just doesn't suit your face, like nowadays, since I do the fashion photography, the makeup we do on my face is like very, very minimal. So this was also like the choice why I decided to to start like focus on fashion photography more fashion modeling more than beauty because like it's it's where I can be more of myself yeah I, I totally get you and I remember when we first met and we were talking about you were talking to me about your career because I was just so interested and so curious and I'll never forget I asked you you know Shabby you have so much talent and you're so good at what you do why haven't you pursued like an international career mm -hmm. in modeling and your your response i will never forget what you said you're like i feel like here people are a bit more uh, just respectful and sensitive to you as a human especially to you as a woman as, if you you feel yes. like people here respect boundaries more yeah true like uh maybe at some certain age of my life i thought yes i would want to work in paris i would want to work in london but what i'm feeling now i would never choose money or like job uh over my well-being over my comfort even like now today if i choose a project that i will work on it will mm. be something that i'm comfortable with comfortable with it mm. will be definitely the team that i'm comfortable to work with if i don't like the team there is no way i'm going back and doing the shoots again with the same team with the brand if i was not treated nicely as a human like i'm not trying to say like treat me as a celebrity or anything but just treat me as a human being not like a of mannequin course. or something because it course. happened a few times to me when i i was like in, at the shoot in abu dhabi and back then i was just only modeling in dubai so they flew me in from bahrain to abu dhabi and the team they were all from the uk and oh my god the way they treated me i cried like five times during the photo shoot what? The photo shoot was like 13 hours outside in the heat. 
and just the way they would talk to me, the way they would treat me, it was just like, you know, like comparing Bahrain treatment to the treatment I, I got there from this, you know, from that crew. I was just like, what is going on? I was not ready for this. And like during the photo shoot, I cried like five times. I was trying to leave, but the it was just like a very nice agent that I had. So she convinced me to stay. She was like, I'm going to talk to them. I'm really sorry. So she was comforting me. So I was like, okay, it's fine. I'm going to finish the shoot, but I'm never working with this client ever again. I don't even care how much they're going to pay me. I can only imagine. Cause like when you're modeling for something, when you're modeling for like, whatever the client may be I feel like if I were a fashion model it's not just looking good you have to feel good so if you're not if you're making me uncomfortable if you're making me like anxious and like twitchy and like I'm in my own bubble and I and I start to get into my own head that's gonna affect the way I do my job so it's it's really weird that, that exactly. that's that's weird yeah nowadays I try to be 100% myself like even for example i come to the shoot and i have i have some tattoos right so mm. if they the client is asking to cover my tattoos i will not even agree to that because i'll be like this is me i am the okay. girl with the tattoos you Good are booking you. me then you have to work with this if you want someone without tattoos go book someone without tattoos but this is me this is part of me i'm not covering it good for you Hello. that's awesome not changing my hair color I mean, unless I want to do it, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. So Shabby, I feel like we have to talk about your recent growth on TikTok. I am so happy to see that you're growing really well on TikTok. And I think that's something that should be a lesson to so many people. It's like people want content that's relatable. People want stories. People want interesting, but people at the end of the day, when you're scrolling through like video after video after video and each video could be very different from the other you could be watching like a tv show and then like a clip from a movie and then like a how-to on like doing laundry like you could be watching so many different things so I really think it's really refreshing when you like scrolling through your FYP and you say you see really juicy funny stories but very relatable <laughs> and I think that's what you're doing now and it's so cool so you started a series of stories about your very wealthy um partners in the past <laughs> and how what made you I know you're a bit of a private person what made you like go out and talk about these things and these experiences it's my work with my it's the work with my psychologist honestly okay because I I always you know I had this feeling that I have a voice but I'm not really using it okay like I'm only thinking okay if I have a nice voice I can only use it in singing right and I don't know it was just this feeling that I always wanted I felt like I have so much to say and I really want to open up and show people that like the real image, you know, of myself, the real shabby, not only the pretty picture. I yeah. want them, I want them to know about my fails. I want them to know that I'm a human. I just want to, you know, be normal and tell them normal stories. I'm a normal girl. I'm having failed relationship stories. I'm having crazy stories, but also with TikTok, the thing I found about myself, I didn't even know that. I feel like, like, and people tell me, I have a talent of storytelling. It's not just like me telling the story. I really enjoy, like, I really enjoy telling these stories. And like, yeah. you know, not, it's like, I'm trying to share some, um, some of my experience, maybe some useful information that people will see. And like, they'll be like, okay, I heard, I've seen this somewhere before. I heard this somewhere before. And like, 
educate them more about you know like life too but like in a funny way so why i'm telling the stories it's not because i want to tell them look oh i dated the next billionaire no it's the lesson that i've learned while being in this relationship this is the lesson i've learned from that experience it's just the way i'm telling this to people it's because this will attract their they will give attention to this right they will and your hooks Xavi they're really cool and they're really like you can't <laughs> not watch the video with your hooks like the story about when this and this happened whatever and like okay I'm I'm pressing play and I'm listening and I'm like record uh not recording replaying a few times it's 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 really cool <laughs> it's really cool see this is so funny I think I got this from my mom my mom is a journalist okay okay so I think I got this from her like I've never actually seen her working and like like as a journalist I just knew that my mom is a journalist she goes to work sometimes and she is like uh, uh, on the tv and on the radio um, but I feel like it's, it's just in our genes then yeah because it's not that I had like any courses or anything it was just like oh I know how to do this <laughs> absolutely 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 it, it's weird uh, even me sometimes when I'm doing my my TikTok the one thing that I take from my parents when I do content is my parents always taught me to be like careful and conscious and cautious sorry and like always be aware of what you're saying and what could it mean whatever not in a paranoid type of way but like always be careful always be be aware of what you're saying be aware of your audience um be kind never like never try to crack jokes while making someone else feel bad like I feel like those are the things that like we carry from our parents and it's yeah, really yeah. weird it's really weird we take them into our work and I'm trying to be that too like remember when I just started like I was messaging you I was like do you think this is all right do you think it's do you think it's too much like is this okay for TikTok like I'm new no, to this. <laughs> I think it's I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. Me, me, I was watching like the part one and the part two and the part four. But <laughs> how did your ex react when he saw like videos of of you saying like stories or telling stories? Like, how was the reaction? <laughs> he was so mad. I stopped at part three. He oh. was so mad. He he kept calling me and messaging me for a few days, like Yala, part four. <laughs> excuse me I'm waiting why didn't you tell them this why didn't you tell them that there was this good thing that happened that good thing that happened or you remember that funny thing why didn't you tell them that it that was so like cool. amazing I didn't know you're such a good storyteller tell that them so more cool. that is so cool that's yeah. so you, you probably know, wanted my my whole TikTok be dedicated <laughs> to him <laughs> you know you know Shabby, I feel like and even as your friend even as someone who knows you and I know who you are I know you're a really kind person and I know especially from the stories that you tell of how you used to like think when you first started modeling because it's such a vanity focused industry sometimes I can see when you tell stories about when you were 21 or 22 and now like I can see like the growth and how much you've like really distanced yourself from I don't want to say obsession, but a concentration of just like, okay, looks, 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 no substance. I see so much substance in you. And I'm not saying this just because I'm your friend. Like, really, people really don't get, people really don't get, like, sometimes the really beautiful girls, like, have a really beautiful soul to match. Like, just, just saying. So how does Shabnam Rakim navigate um, just love in her life? Like, I don't want to get too personal. I don't want to invade your personal business, but like, how do you how do you handle matters of the heart and like love and romance what what do you look for in a partner do you have like a specific type like a b and c or is it just a connection that you prioritize to be honest that's a very tough question okay um 
I mean, I know exactly what I want and I know what exactly that, that I don't want. But the thing is that I'm am at the point of my life where I decided that I really need time for myself because, you know, like I realized as a, you know, as a as a girl that looks attractive and stuff, it's just it was always so hard for me to be single even when I want to be single like it's like I'm always getting attention from men and sometimes it's just hard to to like focus and be like no like I said like I, I don't want a relationship right now there's always like you know something and someone like shiny and nice that is like trying to like drag you into a relationship and um the funny thing I noticed whenever I say I don't want a relationship this is when I meet the perfect man <laughs> the perfect guy like from like my notebook description here he comes every time I say I need to be focused on myself I have to do this I have to work I have to blah, 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 blah. like I just need some time to you know like get to know myself while being single what do I like what do I not like how I want my life to be because uh, most of the times when you're in the relationship, you kind of start like um, um, your lives start inter interlapping. Life. Yes, exactly. So like you would have this these interests and then a relationship comes and like it takes you completely to different like place. You know how many times it happened to me? Like I'll be like, oh, I want to move to Saudi. Oh, OK. And then I meet the perfect man. And then I'm like, OK, how can I move to Saudi now? Like he's here, I'm there. Like it's all new, you know. It's fun. It's oh. nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let me just put this on pause, maybe. So at this point in my life, I'm really trying to just focus on myself. Okay. Uh, okay. It's really hard. To, I'll be honest. Very, <laughs> very hard. Uh, but this is what I'm trying to do now. But for me, the most important is to be honest, and uh, for me to be able to be myself with a person. Because especially when you live in Dubai, uh, you meet a lot of nice guys. Like, in Dubai is full of options. Whatever you want, whatever you need. Um, everyone just is, like, super good-looking, intelligent, has a potential, super smart, nice people. Everyone's shiny. They're just, like, everywhere here in Dubai. Everyone is super shiny, yes. It's very <laughs> no, no. hard to be single here. It's, it's very hard. It's very hard. I can only imagine. And it's imagine very hard to choose. For any woman to navigate the world and try to find her partner or her next romantic like partner or lover, that can be very difficult. But I feel like, Shabi, you have a few like cards stacked, not like obstacles, but you have a few like situations in your life that make it just a bit more difficult. And I think you said something really cool, which is, when you're a beautiful woman, a lot of people might think that that's really easy. A lot of times you could be like, as you said, just leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. And you just cannot not be bothered sometimes. So that's really, I'm, I can only mm -hmm. imagine how annoying that gets. Like, and, and, and you end up trying to be nice, but then it turns mean. And then you feel bad that it's, you're being mean. And it's just like, take an answer, take a hint. No, no, no. But like, it's, it's, it's totally your responsibility. Like, it's, it's okay to be mean sometimes. I mean, because you're not trying to be mean, but how the person is getting the, receiving the message and how yeah. the person is reacting is not, it's not your responsibility. Okay, okay. You have to protect your boundaries. So if I'm protecting my boundaries and I'm trying to make like myself feel better and feel comfortable and you're getting upset with that, that's not none of my res responsibility. Have you ever had a situation? You are reacting. 
have you ever had a situation where you had to put someone in place, like check someone like, hey, no, don't get smart. If I feel like it's very important and if it's worth my energy, then yes, I will do that. But most of the time I tend to just, you know, be like, oh, you can just deal with it on your own. Like I'm not investing Good for you. my energy in this. Good for you. Good for you. Honestly. And, and Shabby, what a lot of people don't know about you is you sing. First of all, how dare you? That is not fair. You what you want to be a fashion model and you want to be a singer like that's not fair. We need to we need to discuss this. You we need to discuss this. When did you start singing? What do you mean? When did you start singing? I was born with this. No, when Since did you I was like a baby? Did, I was singing. When did you when did you start singing like um, covers and like posting about it and like or have you ever done like a show? No, I haven't done a show, but singing was always part of my life thanks okay. to my dad. Because okay. my dad was like always into poetry, music. He would write lyrics for the songs. And he was just like, he was loving music. Okay. So we always had music at home. And he had this like little production studio. I feel like, to be honest, everything I do in my life now, it's kind of like because of my parents' influence on me when I was a child and all the support that they gave, but that was like more of like hobbies that I was doing, but they never supported okay. these things as my future, as my career. This was just like for fun, let her do it for fun. We'll support it, it's her talents and whatever. But as a family, I remember I was like three, four years old. We would like have the karaoke nights at home all the time. If we would have guests over, my dad, we had like two mics. So it's me and my sister. My dad Aww. would play the music and stuff. And it's the guests, the guests are sitting and they were like, come on, girls, <laughs> sing for us. So we would just be like, you know, pretending like I was the Shakira and my sister was the Britney Spears. So we would sing so and pretend like we're them. Yeah. And then later on, when we grew up, my dad had a production studio. They, okay. were, they were more focused on film, on movies. And okay. they had like a actually a very, very nice, very good audio studio too. So okay. uh, whenever the studio would be free, open, we would just spend the nights there in summer, me and my sister recording covers. It, we covered, I feel like, every single Rihanna song in that studio. And you, What's your favorite <laughs> yeah, like, song? See, to cover i need i need to i need to know like what's your favorite like you said rihanna what's your favorite rihanna song to cover because rihanna that's that's vocals that's vocals right there my favorite would be unfaithful because that was the first cover we did in the studio and we just like i don't know it's just here in my heart now okay okay, okay the that's memories my dad 3 a.m can you imagine like some kids are sleeping some kids are like i don't know like doing other try like other stuff in summer and me I'm always like daddy take me to the studio with you no I'm not going to sleep no I don't want to go to the pool no I don't want any of that I don't want to play in the kindergarten or whatever I want to come with daddy to work I want to oh, be in the so studio sweet. with him so whenever even they would film movies and stuff I'll be like please dad give me a job give me a position I was like 13 or 14 I was like uh just give me a tiny like a small role in the movie and he actually gave me a role once <laughs> you got I a was role a in a movie a female bodyguard yeah 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 i was Wait. very younger i was 14 i remember the other girls were like 18 19 and they were also playing the role of a female bodyguard okay. and i was the only girl that was like 14 
and mm. then it was like a small role yeah so we had like only five five shooting days and the whole movie was like filmed in i don't know maybe six months or something but i would show up on set every single day i would pretend like i'm stylist assistant makeup artist <laughs> assistant or i'm my dad's assistant i'm whatever whatever you want but I'm i just want to be here and i'm working with you that is that is so cute that is so cute so yeah this is how so do you see the thing with a storytelling on TikTok, it's actually me overcoming my trauma, my childhood trauma. Oh. Because I had this, yeah, which was like even stopped. Did you notice like I wasn't posting a lot of singing? Like I will post something like once a year and, and that's it. Everyone says like, it's so good. You should sing. But I, I just felt like, you know, like there was something within me that was like, was stopping me from like speaking out, mm. from talking on the videos to just like using my voice. Of course, of course. Because my younger sister, my parents thought that she was like much better in singing and like music and like those kind of things. And me as a as an eldest daughter, my dad was always looking at me at like, you know, like the eldest son. Like she has to like continue what I'm doing. Yeah. The business and like she's like smart because I was really good in school. I was the best in class. So because I was like smart. My parents thought that, okay, so she's smart, she's good at school, so she's probably not like into like arts and stuff much. She has to continue the business. And then my other sister, she's like more into playing um, instruments and stuff. Recently, I was working on this trauma with my psychologist. And to be honest, it completely changed me. Like this one session changed so much in my life. So this was a childhood trauma that I found out about. Um, where was this thing that I told you that my parents wanted me to to be this and I was mm. actually that. Yeah. And that was always like, I felt like maybe because my parents are pushing my sister more towards singing and like this music stuff. And um, I was more of like, she is for singing and you are, you're not good, as good in, in this. Maybe you should do that. And uh, that caused some trauma because I was thinking like, okay, if my parents and they're the two most important people in my life don't think that I'm good enough for this, then I will grow. I will definitely grow up thinking like, you know, thinking like, oh, maybe I'm actually not not good enough for this. But of course, they didn't mean that. And they were not trying to like put this trauma in my head or whatever. And also while I was working on trauma, I also remembered a few situations with my auntie when like when I was younger. Mm. So basically most of your traumas in childhood build up till age of five, four or five. So when I was younger, my auntie just did like a few small things that affected me so much in my life. Okay. Until I fixed it like recently, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. So she was a etiquette oh, wow. teacher. And sometimes she would just tell me, like, Shabby, you don't laugh like that. Uh, a, a girl is not supposed to laugh like that. You're supposed to laugh beautifully, like, ha, ha, ha. Or, like, you're speaking too loud. Or, like, you shouldn't speak when the elder people are speaking. You shouldn't, you should think twice before you say something. Uh-huh. And if I say something, she would be like, did you even think of, like, what, what you're saying? So that made me so cautious about what I say and where I say things. And it really affected a lot of aspects in my life. Not only like singing and uh, storytelling or whatever, even like my relationships with my friends and men. 
For yeah. example, now that I heal this trauma, I feel like I'm, I'm feeling more confident even to just speak about my feelings with someone and to like to protect my boundaries. Like before, I remember if I would, if I'm not liking something, I'll be like, um, maybe it's not nice to say no right now. I was like, you know, like thinking twice before I say something and I would be like, uh, if I'm not sure about what I'm talking about, I'd rather say nothing at all. Of course. And I'll okay. be like, oh, until I, my, my English is not perfect or like uh, I'm not really smart about this or I'm not really sure about this information. So it's, it's better if I just stay quiet. So I was also thinking like, if my singing, my vocals are still not perfect, then I'm, I'd rather not sing at all for now. Aww. so it was like always oh i need the classes i need to work on this first i need to do this i need to blah 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 and then i'll start so it's always like later tomorrow tomorrow when i'm better Aww, but I'm sorry, you're sorry. never like you'll never reach that perfection and it also like see it also made me this perfectionist so i would never start something unless i would know like i'm perfect at this i'm gonna be the best at this of course have you so ever had only one oh. session Oh my god! No, no, no! I'm sorry. People to interrupt underestimate you, but... psychology. Honestly, they oh, really absolutely. underestimate psychology. Absolutely. This only one session that I worked on this one trauma from my childhood, and people like sometimes they'll be like, "Why do you think like that situation in child in your childhood could affect your life this much?" But then when you are in therapy and you remember that moment and you go back to that moment. I wouldn't even think of this moment if it was just like my normal day-to-day life, if it wasn't a therapy, if she didn't bring me back to these memories that were stored in my subconscious mind. Mm. I felt so much pain. I was crying so much like for an hour. So only then you realize like, oh, it was actually like sitting in me, you know, like it was somewhere there. And I, I didn't even know about this for 28 years, imagine. And then two hours of therapy and... I change everything in my life. The new projects that I'm starting, like it's opening up the new doors in me because now I feel confident to speak up and speak up. is not only about singing and storytelling. It's about a lot of things in your life. Of course. It's, it's everything. It's to how you navigate. To be able to be you. Yes. yes it, it's even the way you interact with people and you talk to them, they start to notice you sort of like just opening up and being more like the, the best way I could describe it is your feet are more planted firmly on the ground. Like you're, you're more grounded mm-hmm. than before because you have a stronger sense of self. Yeah. And isn't mm-hmm. that scary when life is just made, not smooth sailing, but like you're just on cruise control and then something happens that triggers something you had no idea was inside of you and you're crying and you have this intense wave. Isn't that scary? Isn't that terrifying? It is scary, but I feel like it's very important to find you like a person that you're very comfortable to work with. Like for example, my therapist, I've been working with her. She's, I don't know, my therapist number five or something because I've been in <laughs> therapy for many years now. And same, same. I've been working with her for two years now and it's amazing to work with her it's just like even knowing that there is a person that will accept you the way you are no matter if you're crying you're angry and you want to you feel like you want to kill someone at the moment you know and you tell her everything and zero judgment and she's there for you and she accepts you the way you are only that is also like the best feeling from therapy like sometimes I, I'm ready to just pay for that to just be able to sit with someone and yes. be like oh she will yes. accept like 
all the dirt I'm gonna give her, she's not gonna judge me even for a second. And uh, you just need to find your the right person, a good therapist that is not gonna judge you, that is very professional because a therapist should never judge anyone and they should never give you an advice. They should only help you to work with your own like subconscious mind. And uh, um, like actually when you're in therapy, you're doing most of the work yourself. And she's just there like holding your hand and like gradually guiding you into all your memories and healing process. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's something that and a lot of It's amazing. People... It really changes your life. Of course it is. I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't realize is when you go to therapy, most like and this sounds really awful and it might sound really discouraging to anyone who's thinking of exploring therapy most of the time the first therapist you deal with that's not going to be the person that's gonna that's like that you're gonna work with and feel comfortable with and that's okay Ali the first therapist I've worked with she almost killed my identity I've been working with her for a year she's an amazing woman but she she's just like not the right person for for me for the personality that i have because all human beings are different and you always should know like you have to find the right instruments to work with a different person and you don't have to try to put everyone and like make them like like how the surgeons are you know they make yeah, everyone yeah. look like kim kardashian yeah, yeah a therapist can't be like that because every person is unique in their own way and we have our own path and uh our our personalities which are amazing and unique and you don't want to just like change it and like into like this standard type you know like oh this is how you should be so what she was trying to like honestly like it was uh it was a tough year for me i almost got married i almost quit my job and everything oh because of this therapist honestly it's so oh funny now but i mean it was it was hard yeah she was trying to make me this uh uh wifey material yeah oh. <laughs> like a perfect woman a perfect wife but we live in a different world now that we need to have both feminine she was working mostly not mostly only on my feminine side but you also need to have the masculine side if you don't have the masculine side you cannot go out in this world and achieve things and protect yourself and be self-sufficient no like even when you have a man you still have to be you have to be sure about yourself like yeah i have him to protect me but if he's not there i can protect myself of i course. can provide for myself of course that's amazing when i was working with that therapist i was just like just gonna get married i'm not gonna do anything just gonna bring babies it's so and scary that brought me into attracting don't want to say toxic but like kind of maybe toxic for me like people okay. that were toxic for me okay because this is not who i am i was not raised like that i didn't come to this world like that i love what i'm doing i love to work i love to create i love the freedom I like to express myself through clothes and like I can never tolerate someone coming to me and be like, no, you're not wearing this. You're not friends with these people. You're not okay. this and that. It's just not me. It's yeah, okay course. to some people. I'm not judging. It's totally fine. Like there are some people that will be like so happy in this kind of relationship. Yeah. Being uh, just this feminine super super feminine woman it's it's totally all right but okay. it's just not me of course of course and i feel like uh, it's, it's weird because i feel like that's something that happens to a lot of girls they meet someone and it's like 
I love you and I'll take care of you. But you sort of, I've had a few female friends that have told me that after they got out of a certain relationship, like it's, it's like you said, it's not necessarily super toxic and super abusive. It's not unhealthy in that way. But when they left, they realized like, wait, he was trying to make me more like the way he wanted me to be not the way I wanted myself to be. And yeah, that's just, exactly. it creeps you out. I remember I moved to this toxic relationship and that psychologist that go to the events alone. Like if there's no one coming with me, like sometimes even if they're confident and who you are. So it's like so hard, like you're like, okay, I'm going to go to this event, but who am I? What am I going to say? Like, what yeah. am I going to show them? Yeah. yeah. So it really, really affects you. So it's so important to find the right psychologist for you. My God, Shabby, you've been, you've been through a lot and you're not even, you're, Shabby, we're almost 30. We're almost 30. <laughs> Excuse me, no, I'm still 28. No, no, we're, no, 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 no. We... <laughs> I'm still 28. But I'm actually so, I'm actually so excited for 30. Same. I am, I am very, very excited. Same, same. I, I keep telling yeah. my friends, I feel like, I feel like I'm the very most excited beautiful... for life in general. That's a good, that's a good like output to have. I keep telling my friends, I'm super excited to be 30. Like, I feel like some of the best years of my life are like waiting for me in my thirties, you know? Cause it's like twenties are a mess. Twenties are just a mess. You have to learn who you are. For some people, by the way, oh my God, the new generation is completely different. I'm like, I'm like my sister, my youngest sister, she is uh, 22. She's married. She has a kids he has a child <laughs> mashallah wow i have a nephew now i love him so much i'm obsessed with this boy honestly like the amount of happiness he brings into my life by just like you know like i just the first thing i do in the morning before i would like meditate and stuff now the first thing i do in the morning i take my phone i open a video that she sends me every morning or a picture i just stare at that picture and it just makes my day i swear that is so cute that is so cute. are you and a you fun so much auntie like are you I, I was just about to say are you are you a fun auntie or are you like let's go like mom says no snacks but you give him like candy and like sweets like behind her back do you do that i'm definitely that auntie i'm that rich auntie that lives abroad that will say <laughs> yes to everything <laughs> you're, you're the you're the auntie that will help them sneak out in in the middle of the night yeah yeah, yeah. because i was also the fun sister like okay. uh, sometimes I would even feel like my connection with my siblings was even stronger than their connection with my parents. Okay. Because um, like even my parents, sometimes they would call me and be like, oh, like, I don't want them to do this. Can you just explain this and blah, blah. And they would only listen to me. Like we don't do that anymore because everyone is grown up and we have the boundaries. I never, um, I, I would never give them any advices or like, try to be too much in their business unless they come to me and they ask me for help and advice like we have very very strong boundaries in our family with everyone with our parents that's with healthy our, with the siblings yeah but we're also working on that it took it took a few years for that too at some point i was feeling like i'm their mom so imagine the responsibility i had as a 20 year 23 year old yeah living alone in a different like in a in Bahrain and it's which is not my country and then yeah. having the panic attacks anxiety so much work so much life drama and stuff and then I'm also a mom of three. <laughs> oh my god that is that is I mean I'm, I'm the older sibling but I feel like in my family we didn't really play the card of like oldest or like like yeah. like the hierarchy of siblings that was never a thing in our household if like if you had something that I wanted, then I'll listen to you. But other than that, no, I'm just like on my own. I'm doing my own thing. 
But Shabby, do you ever want to be a mom? Of course, not just like not just a mom. I want to have a lot of kids. I want to have minimum three kids, minimum. Yeah, but minimum. Like my dream is to have five. Yes. You want to have a basketball team? I love What? kids. <laughs> <laughs> anything they want to be, honestly, team anything, whatever they want to be. <laughs> really, you would, you would, yes. you would change diapers and like take like to practice and like music lessons and like yes. of course what do you mean no of course i will delegate a lot of things too because i want to be the healthy mom you know the happy okay okay of mom, course of course mom. so shabby is the cool mom she, she's gonna take her kids to soccer practice she's gonna be changing three diapers at once and she's gonna have help and she's gonna be the cool mom who drops her kids off to school and then goes to a photo shoot that's that's the life definitely definitely yes this is what i see when i'm visualizing you know my future and stuff i see a lot of kids i see you having twins shabby i for some reason i see you having twins oh my god <laughs> i don't mind <laughs> i know a lot of i know a lot of people that say they really want twins that's gonna be hard <laughs> very hard very hard very difficult but yeah we need to I, i'm not sure if i want twins I was thinking about that at some point. I was like, if I'm very, like, if I'm older when I'm getting kids, then that's an easier option to just, you mm. know, like make two babies at once. And it's easier, like one time pregnancy and then you already have two kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, but I feel like it's a little bit hard for twins. It's like, there are some like good sides, but I don't know, like later on, I would feel so bad when they separate, get married or like, you know, like start living their own lives. I feel like it's just so hard to separate them. I feel like twins have this forever like bond between them, whether they get separated physically yeah. or like they start new lives. I feel like they get like I have twins in my family and like cousins uh, and stuff like that, but they're always like really close. They're always like very like close and they get along and they're really cool. Yes, I have some tw- like friends that are twins and they live in, in like different countries, but they're like, if she's going through something. I feel it. Oh, oh. Like the empath, like the empath version. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Shabby. So I, so... I don't know if I'm ready to deal with this. I, no, I'm I think you'd sure. be great. <laughs> I think you'd be great. You know why? And I'm not just saying this because like I'm a friend, but I feel like you would have the perfect balance of like being like a disciplinary parent. Like, no, this is for your safety. This is for your best interest. You can't do this. You Like, no means no. But at the same time, I feel like you'd be such a gentle parenting style. Your, your parenting style would be so gentle. Like I, I'm your parent. I feel like you would be really amazing at like sheltering your kids or like making them feel safe. Yes, I feel like that too because um, my siblings are younger than me and I always felt like I'm the responsible one. I'm like the parent figure for them. And as I see what they turn into, what kind of people they are, I feel like I did a good job, you know? No, no, I, so, I totally always agree. like, instead of saying, no, you can't do this, I would tell them, please go try and see if, if you're going to like this and succeed. But I also give them another option. I was like, listen, like, I don't think this is the right thing for you to do. And also you can maybe try this option, but I would never stop them from trying things because this is what happened to me. I, my parents were very strict. They were limiting me in a lot of stuff. And I, I remember like what it was causing, like it caused them a lot of drama, me a lot of drama. So I feel like it was much easier with my siblings where we had um, boundaries and respect to their boundaries and their freedom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see their life now. It's like, it's, it's, it's way easier for them. 
that's that's so true i remember like as a kid like certain certain rules or like strictness that your parents had you can almost see what that made you do you can almost see the cause and effect like because my parents were super strict that's why i snuck out at 16 and like was like driving around the house and like stole the car and whatever so like it, it's weird you yeah. can see it you can almost see like a connection see, it's weird i have oh. this talent by the way i what? see the cause and effect in everything Okay. okay. I can literally meet someone and see what they say, and then I'll be like, "This will happen to them in like two days, just because they're acting <laughs> this way." That, that sounds I swear like... to God, this is That's... one of my strongest, strongest uh, talents. I would say, like, if I see my friends acting a certain way, I'll just come up to them and be like, "Did your parents do this when you were younger?" And they'll be oh like, "Oh my God, how do you know?" Like, I could be like a really good psychologist just because of this. Like, I don't really want to work with people one-on-one like therapies and stuff i'm more mm. into like life coaching but okay. this time i feel like will help me because i'll be like okay you probably have this trauma so maybe you should work with a therapist on this mm. first and then come mm. back to me and then we'll help you figure out your future okay so shabby i want to and i want to end this with two things i want you to please tell us what exciting projects you have in the future because i know that you mentioned psychology a lot throughout this like episode i really want to hear what you have with that and then i have like an, an a question of advice i want to ask you so please let us know what the incredible shabnam rakim is working on uh i'm working a lot of things right now i am working on my social media tiktok content creating stuff i started studying life coaching i'm gonna get my first certificate this year december that is amazing yes, but i'm not gonna stop there yeah and i'm doing a lot of other courses also uh, at the same time okay. I'm currently working on my brand of something I'm gonna tell you guys about it Ooh. later <laughs> yes that's very exciting too and I'll be definitely working on my podcast too and thank you so much Ali you supported me at this I feel like you kind of also gave me the push and you uh, know like course. yes Abby, you can do it of course so yes we're doing that and a lot of exciting things that I'm working on with my sister that is a professional psychologist. Oh, wow. I love so your sister. There's a lot going on. I'm already a fan. <laughs> I love I'm, her too. I'm already a fan. <laughs> I'm her biggest fan too. Thank you so much, Ali. Of course. And Shavna, I want to, from like friend to friend, I wanted to see if you had any advice for me. Actually, you mentioned in the beginning of the episode something that really re- like resonated with me, which is when people started to recognize you and that made you feel very self-conscious. Now, Shabby, I am I don't think I'm anywhere near famous, but I think because of my audience is is like in my region. Like I have I live in Riyadh and a lot of people that follow me are in Riyadh or in Jeddah. So I find myself a lot of the times when I go, I'll be like, hi, you're the person from TikTok, whatever. And that makes me, first of all, it's the biggest compliment in the world. When someone like approaches you mm-hmm. and tells you that not only do, do they watch your stuff, but I they like you. it, they, they, they yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but the self-consciousness shabby and like the anxiety of like, you get like trapped in your bubble bubble. So I wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for me to like stay grounded and just like not let it get into my head? It's probably something like imposter syndrome, right? I had this oh, too, absolutely. like, you feel like, oh, am I absolutely. even good enough? Like, w- like, what is it? Like, what did they find in my videos and stuff? Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm not a psychologist to, like, go deep in your traumas and stuff. But th- mm. there's definitely, like, something from your childhood 
that makes you feel like this. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Like it's oh, 100%. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but you should just know that you are amazing. You are doing amazing. And Thank I guess you. you just need more people from, in this case, to have um, very supportive friends or like family, like someone you can go to whenever you're feeling this way and just talk to them and be like, see, like I did this and this and that. And just let them tell you their honest opinion. Just like hearing their opinion, opinion about the things you're doing, about how amazing you are, will help you a lot. That is great. That is it's just great. the thing that like you need mentally. You just need yeah. that. Like there are some people that have like a cert certain needs. So like someone like me and you that are in social media, we want, why do we do this? We do this because we want reactions. So it's very important for us to get a positive reaction. That is what is giving us confidence and the motivation to do more. So you just have to take the responsibility because no one owes you anything and they don't have to come to you and like be like, oh, Ali, you're amazing. So you have to take the responsibility and you have to know like who are those people you can go to and be like, listen, I this, did this, this and that. I did this. This is like a very good job. What do you think? And blah, blah, blah. And just mm. listen to what they say or just ask them, be like, I just need you to tell me something good about what I'm doing right now. I just need this. And it's normal that you need this approval kind of something. Of course, of course. It's like it's like almost asking yeah. someone to be like, can you reassure me and tell me that I'm going to be okay? Yes, like yes. There are some people that really need this, especially people are, that are in social media and people that are living on reactions you know like it's reactions are very important to us it's feeding our energy oh of course of course and and the gratification and the gratification it becomes addicting yes. and that's so true i mean i the imposter syndrome is so real and i do find myself thinking that sometimes like why are people why do they like me like why do they say that they enjoy my work that you know you find yourself like asking you these asking yourself these questions and low-key like doubting yourself so Definitely a support system. Yes. Definitely a support I'm, system. I'm exactly at the same point in my life right now where I'm having this imposter syndrome. I'm having exact feelings. So I'm actually having a therapy with my psychologist on Tuesday mm. on this topic. Oh, wow. I need to get back. Literally like two days ago, I was like at home. I was just sitting because I just agreed to like two or three new projects, something that I've never done before. Okay. something so new to me and I agreed to them and those people told me you were the perfect fit for this but then after the conversation with them I spent a whole day at home just sitting like this and thinking like why why did I even agree like can I actually do this like yeah like what's going on that is so, yeah. that is insane that is insane okay Shabi I think we unfortunately we've reached like the I'm end gonna, thank, thank you, you so, so much I really enjoyed this honestly it was so much fun I'm really, really happy that uh, I was able to share my experience and talk about stuff like this, like be very open. Of course, and, uh, of course. Be myself. Thank you for letting me be myself, Ali. <laughs> of course. No, thank you for being like the first guest. I know we've run into a few technical difficulties and I'm really sorry about that. But thank you so much, Shavi. This is a huge, like a huge deal for me that my first thank guest is you. actually a friend and that it's you it, that's so amazing <laughs> and yeah where can people find you on your socials oh, nice. they can find me on tiktok and instagram i go by shabby underscore rakim thank you so much shabby yeah. and I'll, I'll i'll see you soon thank you for having me ali see you of, of course bye and bye everyone bye.